It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. And welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast talking real estate right around the UAE wherever you are and available on Spotify and Apple and of course wherever you get your podcast from. And it's a Tuesday morning, October the 10th and good morning to you Kingsley. Yes, haven't forgotten about you in Dubai. Thank you so much for your email. You mentioned that the podcasts have played a pivotal contribution for increasing your knowledge and interest in the real estate sector. Got to say, Kingsley, that is music to our ears because as you know, we are not a real estate company. Our sole objective is just to educate people around UAE property. And if we are doing that, we're doing our job. And I like at the end you say regards to the entire team and a big regards to Mr. Mario Volpe. And good morning, Mario. Welcome back. Good morning, Craig. And before I go on, happy birthday. Oh, thank you, mate. Yes, yeah, another year, another another year older. I was going to say that you you know that you've made it when somebody is calling you Mr. Mario Volpe from a listener's point of view. Definitely, a, a kudos to Kingsley and respect to Mario. Talking of people writing in, uh, we've got also Margot. Margot is in Devon in the UK. I mentioned this last week and she has said that she is an investor and thinking of making her first investment into the Dubai property market. Now she has asked how quickly the process from start to finish is with being legally able, and I think that's what she's really wanting to know here, Mario, legally able to complete a purchase. What did you find out? Well, the straight answer for Margot is that it's a lot quicker than it is in the UK. And uh, I think it's important before I actually answer the question to explain the four ways uh, to buying a secondary market property. The first way, and it's the is the easiest way is cash to cash. Now, this is where buyer is a cash buyer and the seller is a cash seller. This is when neither party have a loan or need to avail of mortgage finance. The second one is a cash buyer to finance seller. Uh, then obviously, this is where the seller has a mortgage on the property. The third one, finance buyer to cash seller. This is when the buyer requires a mortgage, but the seller is, is mortgage free. And the last one uh, is easy. This is a finance buyer to finance seller. This is when both parties either have or require a mortgage. All right. So shall we look at each one individually? Yeah. So let's touch on the cash to cash. Now, this is the simplest and quickest of transactions for all of the sales. And it starts with an offer to purchase by the buyer, often verbal, uh, given after a viewing. Sometimes a viewing doesn't even take place. But anyway, once an agreement is reached with the seller, the agent is responsible to organize certain documents, which can only be achieved via the land department website or, or the app. In fact, that's called the REST app. The seller has to agree to all the terms and conditions and sign the seller's contract, which is called a Form A. The buyer uh, has to agree to all of his or her terms and conditions and sign the buyer's contract, which is called a Form B. Now, once both these forms are signed, the agent can then proceed to the actual sales contract, which is the Form F. Now, once this is signed, both parties enter into the agreement to sell and to buy the property. 
For a cash-to-cash transaction, the seller gets the no objection certificate from the original developer. This form confirms that the seller is up to date with any dues such as service charges. Now, once the NOC is obtained, both parties go to the trustee office with all the manager's checks, passport copies, etc., for the trustee officer to finalise the sale. Well, that all sounds pretty uh, straightforward, but what about a complicated set of circumstances? Yeah, so uh, the processes of buying when either the buyer and or the seller have or need a mortgage is a little more complicated and requires careful planning by the parties, including the agent. So I'd like to go through the cash buyer to mortgage seller scenario for the listeners, uh, because it's a bit different to perhaps what most people are used to. Uh, In this transaction, it is in fact the buyer who pays off the seller's outstanding mortgage mortgage after what's known as blocking is done at the trustee office. Blocking is when the land department blocks the property from it being sold or transferred or indeed gifted to anyone else other than the buyer. The buyer can then go with confidence to pay off the seller's outstanding mortgage and when the bank confirms no more liability on the seller, plus the NOC is obtained, all parties then finish the transfer at the trustee office. For this and any sale involving finance or mortgages, most Form F, which is the sales contract, have a validity of between 45 and 60 days to allow for everything to be done and also if there are any third-party delays. So you see the cash-to-cash one is really, really quick. Anything to do with mortgages, I would say between 45 and 60 days. So hopefully that answers Margot's question. And just on that note, in terms of other countries and and how long it can take, you had your your son in this very situation because that sort of dragged on forever, didn't it? Yeah, and that's why I said to Margot that it takes a, a lot quicker here in the UAE than it does in the UK. I mean, I remember my son about a year ago finally moved, and this was after a period of around 18 months of searching for property, finding it, trying to organize the mortgage, but unfortunately, in the UK, you, you get involved with chains. This is when somebody can't buy something until they've sold theirs. And then if they do sell theirs and make an offer on a forward purchase, sometimes that person can't move until they find. And, and you find that you have these sort of chains of people going up and down the country, all reliant on the next person. And if somebody at the bottom catches a cold, the whole thing collapses like a house of cards. And this happens to him uh, at least twice. In fact, I think three times, which is why it actually then took so long to actually buy a property, Uh, notwithstanding the fact that when lawyers are involved, which they are obviously in the UK, they tend to try and justify their fee. So they drag their heels. Lawyers are not needed here in the UAE. It is the actual agent that does all the contracts, which are unified, by the way, and are agreed by RERA. So once a contract is signed, this is the Form F that I mentioned earlier, that's the legally binding agreement that then proceeds on 30 days later, 45 days later or whatever uh, to actually transfer the property at the trustee office. 
You know, you, you talk about just one link sort of falling over. It's a little bit like building a house. You get one of those subcontractors and, and they don't go in at the right time. The whole thing just turns to <laughs> turns to custard, which kind of makes me appreciate some of these developers with these massive developments because they bring them in on time. Not always, but there's a lot of moving parts to really admire. And we should probably give a bit of a shout out to these developers because a lot can can go wrong, can't they? Definitely. And and buyers, uh, whether they're investors or end users, they're very quick to, to sort of throw their hands in the air and want to cancel a contract when a developer is delayed. Now, just for the listeners to understand here, a developer in the UAE can be legally 12 months delayed from, from the actual uh, sale and purchase agreement contract. Uh, but often, especially during COVID, that delay was even longer. Now, obviously, in those times, people had an understanding and and were able to give leniency if you like but now the minute you know it's a year gone and and there's there's a delay they're straight away wanting to go to court and try to uh, and try to get the contract cancelled so you're very very correct Craig we're very quick to to think it's uh, the developer is really like the bad person but sometimes it's often beyond their control now we were talking about the UK I should also mention that the UK has House prices. Now, they have fell for the sixth consecutive month in September, but the rate of decline is slowing. That is according to Halifax this morning. The average home price dropped by 0.4% from August to just over £278,000, leaving values around 4.7% lower than a year ago. And Mario, analysts are anticipating a a total decline of around 10% from August 2022 peak, indicating that the market could be halfway through the downturn. So there's a bit in that. And we always have people in the UK that might be just sitting on the fence whether or not to move into the, the UAE, into Dubai. This sort of stuff can be enough to just make them push in the direction of Dubai. What do you think? No, definitely. And uh, if the rate of decline is slowing, obviously with still some way to go, if they're saying there's only there's only halfway there. But uh, what that will definitely mean is that people will be seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And perhaps as things slow down to zero and perhaps even start picking up once once inflation is uh, sort of under control and once this credit crisis in in the UK gets better you know perhaps they'll feel a little bit better about their their circumstances and want to sell and come to Dubai because obviously uh, we are we are pegged to the dollar so your dirham exchange rate is 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 around about sort of 4.5 4.6 so you get you get a lot more dirham for your pound as it were so coming this way will actually buy you quite a lot of real estate and I was very interested to know that Northern Ireland has the most resilient house prices, uh, while London, despite the 4.8% decline over the year, remains the most expensive place in the UK. No surprise there. But if you were wondering what the average price uh, in London is, it's just over £525,000. So it's a reasonable amount of coin. 
<laughs> reasonable crikey half half a million pounds for an average property and it probably will only get you a, a sort of a, a small two bed or a one bed in Fulham <laughs> exactly all right so well that kind of wraps us up as you say it is my birthday this was the only thing I had to do today Mario was talk to you I'm heading off to lunch and celebrate so uh, I'll catch you back next week Amazing, Craig. Have a great day and I'll speak to you next week. Each week, we bring you in-depth real estate discussions, including inspiring stories from homeowners, knowledgeable real estate professionals and economists. Whether you're a buyer, seller or just a real estate enthusiast, we are your ultimate property podcast. Developers are always looking for the next best thing that they can offer their residents. Tell the audience, near a little bit about VR scuba pools, of all things. It's an interesting launch, definitely one I haven't seen before. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what that's like. And if they have a demo, I'm definitely looking to go and try it. As well as an aqua spa, this virtual reality scuba pool. And that'll take you through the Red Sea, Indian Ocean, and then sometimes even in space. I don't scuba, but I'm sure that the ocean is going to be a far better experience than a VR pool. That said, it's going to be very interesting to see and no doubt experience for the residents of that tower. But yeah, certainly uh, one of those things that catches the eyes. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.